Welcome to an episode of What Am I Doing Here Anyway? A podcast presented by Miss Heard Media. What Am I Doing Here Anyway? is a celebration of the girls, women, and femme folks who are navigating life as best as we can. This podcast features personal stories, interviews, how-to, life skills, and inspiring stories from history. This podcast looks at the many, many answers to the question, what am I doing here anyway? Hello, hello. It is me, your personal cheerleader, Lindsay Turnbull, and today I am here with my amazing friend, Jean Gusev. Jean is a sailor, a lawyer, a mother, a wife, an all-around badass and MS warrior. I'm really excited to talk to Jean because we sailed together on an all-women citizen science mission and we formed a magical bond of sisterhood that comes through sailing and we are going to talk all about it. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? My name is Jean Gusev, and I am, gosh, a lot of different hats, a mother, a wife, a sailor, a wealth management executive, a lawyer, (laughs) but wear a lot of hats in life. Enjoy all of them. Let's just get right into it because this is related to wearing a lot of hats, and it's that you were going through a pretty major series of life transitions. So can you please share a little bit about where your journey has taken you lately? I have been living life on a treadmill as many of us are, um, working in a demanding career path, you know, juggling home life with kids that are now in late teenage years. Um, But I was diagnosed then about three years ago now, well, two and a half years ago with multiple sclerosis. So trying to continue to put on my my brave face and keep pace at a fast pace, you know, also being humbled by a disease that kind of has a mind of its own and a timeline of its own. So really working through what that means for my life and how do I reprioritize the things around you know, health and family and friends and work and career and home and all of those things. It's It's been a little bit of throwing things up on a wall and seeing what what sticks um, to try to figure out how to how to navigate all that. It's all new. Right. You've got like your cork board with string <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to make all the connections and find something that's going to work and be sustainable for you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a pretty type A personality and and I charge really hard in life to have um, something that has at times, you know, been disabling, physically disabling to me. And every day I know that I have MS. Uh, it's been, it's been really probably one of the most difficult things I've faced because it's forcing me to slow down and I don't slow down very easily. I'm not a kick my feet up and, and um, relax kind of person. It's, it's new. New and different. Right. I mean, I totally understand. I'm also like a type A person and I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Damn it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard when your body kind of dictates things and and my body and my mind, I feel like are at war um, a lot of the time because I really want to do things that I'm just not able to do. And sometimes I push myself anyway and I do them anyway. And sometimes I push too hard. 
Right. And I, I suffer for it. There, there are things in life that I'm also not really willing to give in and give up for. And I know that I'm going to suffer for them. And I do them anyway. That's been hard. I mean, it's a it's a give and take. And sometimes you are willing to sacrifice more and sometimes you're not. I think that's mm-hmm. a common experience. But I know this also happened not too long after we met which was on mm-hmm. the X-Expedition sailing mission. And you were our resident sailor and total mm-hmm. badass expert on all things sailing. <laughs> and X-Expedition, because I realized, you know, got put on pause because of COVID. So maybe people don't know about it. But it was a an all-female, female-identifying citizen science sailing trip to collect samples and do beach cleanups and educate people about microplastics and ocean plastics brought you to join our our wild adventure i loved our adventure i um i was searching i think for something at that point in life i had just finished a pretty demanding series of races up to alaska with a women's crew and loved sailing with women i think that we we sailed differently i i usually sail with my husband it's fabulous and wonderful. And it's a different kind of experience. But there's something about just bringing a group of women together. I think that we can accomplish a lot of things and have a lot of fun doing it. I also looked for X Expedition because of some some uh, guilt. <laughs> we, <laughs> we raced up to Alaska in a day sailor. And we didn't have on board a galley to cook, um, beds to sleep in, or a bathroom. And so our bathroom was a Home Depot bucket. And (laughs) in some really rough weather, we laid our sailboat down on its side and off floated the Home Depot bucket. And I thought about this for ages after. It still haunts me in my dreams um, that we (laughs) lost a massive amount of plastic into the ocean. And, and, you know, I always want to leave a place better than I found it. And that was this huge amount of guilt. And I thought, my gosh, I need to do something to make up for the fact that we lost an entire bucket full of plastic in (laughs) the most pristine waters I've ever sailed in um, with whales next to us and porpoise everywhere. And here's a Home Depot bucket, you know, floating (laughs) away and sinking to the bottom yeah, I mean, I, I think it was kind of collection of just continuing to search for adventure on sailboats with women and and pay for our um, our accident that happened and, you know, kind of give back to the ocean a little bit with my apologies. <laughs> See, that sounds amazing. The whales, the porpoises, like beautiful, pristine water. But the mm-hmm. going to the bathroom in a bucket thing is kind of where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that adventurous. It's a little bit roughing it. Um, we also had the option of the bidet off the back, which was basically just kind of hanging off of the, the back over the nice open water, a little refreshing. Um, oh, my gosh. That's so... but, I've been yeah, to Alaska, it... and that water is cold. It's cold. <laughs> oh, it is cold. You know, it's part of the adventure, though. It's I like to put myself in these kinds of situations where I can challenge myself. And I, and I think, you know, facing an illness like I've faced 
I said years ago when I first started racing um, and first pulled together Sail Like a Girl that I wanted to kind of take on big challenges to know what I was made of, to know where my boundaries were, to know how hard I could push myself. Um, the first year that we raced, we had the names of women on our mast down below that were battling breast cancer because a lot of us had very immediate close friends and family members that were in advanced stages of breast cancer. And so we carried their names with us because we drew strength from them. Um, we wanted to take them with us to the ocean and, you know, have the the healing that we can send their way just from being out in these beautiful places. I always looked at their names when I was having a hard day and thinking, my goodness, like I chose to make this day hard for myself and they're battling things that they don't choose. I've sought these kinds of adventures and, and made them hard kind of deliberately to see what my limits are. And I think it's served me really well now later, these, you know, three, four years later, as I'm facing my own health challenges and, and knowing, you know what, I, I am strong. I, I'm strong. I'm capable. I can push a lot harder than I ever thought I could. My, my limits and my boundaries are different than, you know, what I find on a, on an everyday regular day or kind of running on the, the work treadmill that I've, that I'm typically on. So I love to be out there and and to rough it a little bit and to um, be uncomfortable and cold and hungry and wet and <laughs> hypothermic <laughs> being in a bucket um, because it it is hard. And it's because it's hard that I do it. Um, it would be different, you know, being on a cruise ship up the inside passage to Alaska. I could do that all day long and have somebody I, cook for me. And I did do that. <laughs> it was definitely much easier. You want to go? I'll go I think again. that might be my next way. <laughs> down. Like, <laughs> I'm down. It was a, such a beautiful, such a beautiful place and got to see a lot of really beautiful things that, you know, don't exist here in Maryland and the DC areas. Just pristine and stunning. You know, there are times that we were out there and probably 200 miles away from a, from a, you know, a person, a town, a, a place that people really resided and lived. I mean, there were boats that were coming through a lot of commercial boats that we'd pass, but there's something about being so remote and and that feeling of being alone, um, but also not being alone because you're in 32 feet of space with eight people. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you don't really have a lot of alone. You, you kind of close up your world into a little mini micro world, but it is absolutely beautiful to be in the, in those places. You know, you just, you see the waterfalls kind of falling into the ocean off these huge, deep cliffs. Um, right. You could be, you know, 20 feet off of a cliff wall and it's 200 feet deep of water because the, the glaciers have just carved out the whole northwest corner of, of BC and, and the US. So it's just, oh, it's so beautiful. I go back because it's so beautiful. Of course. I want to go back me. since the second I left. I was like, this is a great place. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do a cruise ship style with a buffet this time. Well, I love a buffet. How did you first start sailing and competing? Because you have won races, you built an amazing all-female winning crew, you were in a documentary, like what brought you to begin sailing? 
I um, was also searching. It was kind of same thing, like kind of searching for something. I had graduated college, moved to Boston, broke up with a boyfriend I dated for four years. And my parents came to visit me in Boston and I was totally lost, you know, trying to find an apartment, a job, all these things right out of college. My dad looked at me and he's like, you need a hobby. <laughs> so he marched me over to the Boston Sailing Center. And um, I took a learn to sail class there and fell in love with it. I've, I've always been a water person. I've been a competitive swimmer a lot of my life. I'm a Pisces. I'm a water baby. So sailing was just something I immediately stepped into. I um, registered to do an around the world race at that time. I think I was 22. I was the youngest team member that was signed up for it. It was called the New World Challenge. And it was supposed to be a BT Global Challenge race, which was a race that was happening every few years at the time, um, going around the world from east to west, which is against prevailing winds and currents, which is the kind of the hard way to go around the world. Our race was canceled in 2002 because the tech bubble burst and we lost our sponsors. And oh, I didn't sounds... ever get to race around the world. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> cool. It was awesome. It was an awesome thing to prepare for and train for and spend a lot of time on those boats training um, a lot of ocean time which is different than kind of the inshore sailing time you kind of you get out into the big ocean and oh my gosh it's humbling and beautiful and scary and stunningly incredible in so many ways you know so I, I fell in love with it like early 20s and then I met my husband at the Boston Sailing Center. He was the cute guy that was fixing the engine every time I couldn't get it to start, which I Aww. think <laughs> I have a magnetism with engines. They just don't like me. Yeah. So he was he was in charge of the whole fleet of boats there. And, you know, he had a cute Russian accent and totally fell in love. And we've been married for 21 years and sailing together for that whole time. Congrats on 21 years. That's your relationship Ooh. can drink. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Extra champagne. Woohoo. So I was reading to prepare for this uh, an article about your race to Alaska this year. And I was struck mm -hmm. by two things. And the first thing is your capacity for building like really incredible teams. What do you think makes you great at bringing people together? I'm an empath, first and foremost. <laughs> I really just like, I ooze trying to understand people and understand motivations. I've described putting this team together as finding the people that are running towards something, not running away from something. And I think that when you take on an adventure like Race to Alaska, which is, you know, it's a 750 mile race from Washington through BC to Ketchikan, Alaska, when you when you take on something like that, people are doing it for different reasons. And, and I wanted the people that were trying to have that fulfilling life experience. That was kind of first and foremost. And then it and then from there, you know, building out the skill set of the team, knowing that we have the capacity to sail our boat, which is really a quirky boat. She's beautiful and quirky in so many ways. You know, we wanted to sail her really hard and and I wanted to take her offshore. I'd never taken her out of um, Puget Sound, really. And we, we she's an ocean racer. She's built for the ocean. 
to have the skill set on board to be able to take her offshore and really charge her forward as as hard as we could um, was a big goal. So we ended up with five skippers on board the boat. And that could go really well or it could go really, really badly. Imagine like five CEOs in a room all trying to run a company, right? right. It's like <laughs> so many people in so much ego potential that you can just kind of get in each other's way. Right. What I loved about our team, and I think what I saw in our team members was just this ability to kind of step aside, step up and and add your two cents and then step back and kind of let it happen. And and I think the people that were on our team were so wonderful in that way. We left our ego at the dock. Nobody had anything that they were trying to prove or trying to be better than or trying to, you know, elbow elbow their way up a ladder of any kind of, you know, anything. We all just brought our whole self. We brought this openness to each other. So the experience that we had was incredible. It's kind of, it's a lot, Lindsay, like what we had on the ex-expedition boat. Like we all just kind of opened ourselves to whatever happened. Um, and we were all in it together, even though we didn't all know each other well. We were all in it together and we were all there to support everything. So I I set up a constitution with our team before we raced this year to say, what is it that we're each trying to get out of this experience? And what is it that we're committing to ourselves, to each other, and to the boat, because those are the three things we need to be taking care of and being mindful of out there. And everybody, you know, we went around, everybody spoke and gave their two cents of, you know, why they're doing this, what they're, what they're offering, you know, how they're going to support their team members when somebody is tired or sick, how are they going to support the boat when something breaks, how they're going to take care of themselves and make sure they're hydrated and rested and fed so that they can be their best self when they're out there. And we, we, I took all of everybody's comments. I wrote everything down and I built this constitution that we all signed and said, here's what we're committing to. Yep. We're all on board with this. We're all committing to bringing our whole self to this experience. I think, you know, some of it is setting the stage for what it's going to be. Some of it is just being open to everything that's happening, being open to the fun of it, you know, fun ended up being our second priority. We set priorities <laughs> between safety, fun, and fast. And that was the order we chose. We said, you know, safety always is going to come first. We're never going to do something. If there's a safer option and we're putting safety at risk, it's not worth it. Fun was second, which was interesting coming from a group of racers. Right? I was like, going to say, I would have said fast, fun, and then like safe <laughs> somewhere at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, we were like, no fun, fun. We are all here for the experience first. And then we're in it to go fast. Like, and none of us expected to win the race this year. And and when we crossed the finish line in first place, I think we were all surprised and proud of what we had accomplished. But I think we accomplished what we did because of the fact that we prepared the boat in a way that we could be safe. And we embraced the experience and we had a blast. I mean, we were like, at one point we were forced to anchor and wait for a tide change to get through a really narrow opening um, at Seymour Narrows, which is like a notoriously 
rough spot of 15 knot currents in your face, we had to wait and anchor out. So we had a dance party. We did have a bottle of whiskey on board and (laughs) there's a video of it because one of the video crew boats came up on us and we're we're just ripping it up on deck because there's nothing else to do. We had hours to wait and sit on anchor. We all kind of had dinner together that night and had a little dance party and then all went to bed with one person up on deck waiting for the tide to change. <laughs> it sounds like a really amazing experience, which is kind of the the second part of my question about your race from Alaska and our experience on X Expedition, your experiences and my experience working on the heavy metal cruise that I work on, which is, you know, yeah. a cruise ship. So it's a little different, but our little like merch crew. I feel so fondly and like warm fuzzy feelings towards all yeah. of you and all of the merch team and it's like this really kind of special bond that I don't want to say it's like a trauma bond <laughs> <laughs> it's like the kind of bond that comes like from people having this similar experience together what is it just about sailing that makes that build like amazing community it's such a good question I I wish I could put my finger on it there is something magical but you say it it's the same with your band group too with your merch crew like there's no sailing in that I think I think that we can find these experiences where you are kind of in it together on something And, and there's, I think there's a benefit to the isolation of being not just in it, but like in it and committed, like with a boat. And I don't know how it is with your merch group, but with a boat, when your foot leaves the dock, you're on the boat with people and you're all in this together. You can't escape. (laughs) You have an issue. You better resolve it on the spot because those things can can fester and there's nowhere to hide. So there's there's something there's always been something for me about that moment where my foot leaves the dock and I and I am on a boat. That moment, I think, where my foot leaves the dock is this moment of commitment. It's this moment of like, there's no turning back now. I'm I'm in this. I'm all in. I am committing to what I'm doing. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to put my whole self into it. And I expect to see the same from the people around me. And, and that's what emerges. And, and when you do that, and this is rare to find kind of as adults, it's rare to find, it's rare oh to gosh, find yes. in a lot of things in life, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, maybe we found this at camp when we were kids. You, you kind of immerse yourself in an experience and you can just be yourself. And then you get to this point, I think with with Race to Alaska as a great example, I mean, it we get tired and hungry and you know, you're on deck half of a day, every day at least, if not more. We are at the mercy of Mother Nature. Um, we had really rough conditions this year. The entire five days we were on an angle because we were sailing upwind the whole time. So we lived life at a 30 degree angle, which, you know, try to put your pants on when the floor is at 30 degrees. Like it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's, um, it's just this commitment that you need to have though, to being immersed in the experience and to embracing the suck and to looking around you and seeing the other people around you embracing the suck and knowing that it's easier because you're there together. 
in a million years, I would not do race to Alaska by myself. There are a lot of people that solo race that race and I admire them. Like you would not believe, I think they're amazing. I am not brave enough to do it myself. I find the bravery in the groups that I'm with and, and I can do anything. If I have the right people alongside me, I can do anything. And I think we empower each other in such a great way to feel like we can accomplish things that are otherwise impossible. I would not say that you don't have the bravery. I just think it's a different skill set because I bet some of those solo sailors are like, I don't know, I'm not brave enough to do this with a group of people. Like, I can't check my ego at the door. I have to do things my way or whatever. Like, so I think it's just, I don't think it's a question of bravery. I think it's just a question of skill. Yeah, there are different kinds of brave, I think. Definitely. This experience for me has been finding my brave. You know, it's it's always been that journey for me. That moment that my foot leaves the dock is like that question of, am I brave enough? Can I do it? You know, there's all that anticipation and fear that leads up to it. Amazing when you find it. And when you are done with an experience like that and you look back and you realize that, you found something in yourself. It's it's incredibly rewarding. This is making me want to get back out <laughs> because <laughs> oh, exactly the feeling you're describing. And I'm like, been chasing that high ever since, you know? Yeah, it is a high. It's amazing. It's why I've done Race to Alaska three times now. I mean, I can't stop. It's like, how do? where else do I find this? It's why I was drawn to X Expedition. I found it there. You know, there are rare experiences though. Like I say, it's hard as adults. It's hard. I think it's easier when we're kids. I agree. I want to shift gears a little bit. I was thinking about this and I wanted to talk to you about this because like I recently have had illness and, and things in my family. And I know this, like I'm not alone in this experience. And for a lot of people, it kind of feels like, you know, the way I feel today is how I'm always going to feel. And mm-hmm. we don't really plan for accidents or illness or trauma or whatever. So can you share a little bit about being diagnosed with MS and how it changed the way that you're thinking about the question, you know, what am I doing here anyway? It's a good question. I've been humbled, I'd say in the last two and a half years, humbled by this illness in ways that I never really anticipated. I've also had opportunities to either kind of dwell on it and feel sad for myself or try to do try to take action and I'm like I say I'm a type A person I'm not I'm not good at sitting on the couch I'm also not really good at just kind of sitting and being sad and and being the victim of this I'm a okay so what do I do about it it was a big deal for me to kind of come out with having MS after the race this year. Um, it was included in an article kind of celebrating our victory. And the person that wrote the article asked me if it was okay to talk about it because he knew about my diagnosis. I decided that it was time to share it um, because I wanted to help other people. When I was first diagnosed, I wanted to know all of the things that I could possibly know about MS. And the most important thing to me was, are there people with multiple sclerosis that are running marathons? 
Like how disabled am I going to get? I started looking, I started looking for the athletes. I started looking for the people that were still functioning at a high, high competitive level. And I found them and it gave me hope. So we all have our own journey with MS. It's called the snowflake disease because every single person with MS is different. Um, We all have different symptoms, different combinations of symptoms, different times that things spike and don't spike. I wanted to share my story though, to try to give some hope to people that are newly diagnosed, that are scared, that are, you know, kind of facing the daunting nature of what this means for their future. It was something I waited on. I spent, you know, two years kind of not really hiding that I had it. A lot of people that know me well know that I have MS and have known since the beginning. But, you know, I wasn't like putting it out there. It's not on my Facebook profile. It's not on, you know, my kind of outward public view of me. Um, so that step in that direction was how do I how do I take a horrible thing and do something um, that's going to help other people? I joined the board of the National MS Society, too, for the same reason. It's like, how do we direct more research towards this? How do we actually take action? How do we work with our legislatures, with our legislators to make sure that medications are affordable to all people, not just people with private health insurance? So I've taken my take action energy and kind of thrown it to that. Um, that's great. I think it I do think that helps. And I think it makes a difference. And which, again, goes into my next question, which was like, I was thinking about this interview, and that I knew I wanted to talk to you about sailing. But I also remembered that Salma Hayek and Christina Applegate were recently diagnosed with MS. mm -hmm. And there's just not like, we don't really see a lot of these types of representations, like, especially at that level. And so was seeing these like public journeys helpful in any way or or comforting or reassuring, like in any way? I watched Selma Hayek's movie about her living with MS and it scared, it scared the crap out of me. She went through HSCT, which is basically a chemotherapy. You go through rounds of chemotherapy, kill off your immune system, and then they inject your own stem cells back into your body to um, allow it to regenerate more healthy cells in your body. And watching her go through that, she was so sick from the chemo. Oh my gosh. And so strong and so brave to share you know, as, as somebody who's such a public figure, so brave to share her story, which is not a pretty story, you know, it's awfulness of, of MS and, you know, to share how it impacted her relationship with her young son, you know, it was, it was an impactful movie to me and it scared me. And it was an amazing example of bravery to me when Christina Applegate was diagnosed. It was, again, it's just, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I felt for her more human to human. It's like, I'm so sorry you have this diagnosis. You know, she's an incredible actress. So funny, so entertaining. You know, this is a tough one. Like it's a tough illness. I see her as being so brave to, you know, come forward and and be willing to share her story with people to bring awareness to how 
this disease affects people. I mean, I admire them both. They're strong. It gave me the some bravery to be like, okay, I can share my story too. We're all different again. Like, you know, we've all had different struggles. I've not done the same type of treatment that Selma Hayek went through. Part of it was watching that movie and thinking, I don't think I want to do that. They're they're amazing women. Yeah. And I think it's great that you decided to channel your like your natural way of being this like take action, go, go into how to help other people and direct and support other people who are also finding themselves on this journey. You rock it. You already <laughs> knew that. <laughs> Two questions that I love to ask. And one is if you could tell your 16 year old self one thing, what would you tell her? You're stronger than you think. You're resilient and stronger than you think. And and I think that that knowledge that I've been able to to find about myself through these experiences I've had in these last several years, I would want my 16-year-old self to know that resilience is is important, not being a victim of my circumstances is important and and finding the positive in things looking at ways to help other people, give other people a hand up because there's always somebody that is hurting more than me. I think that that resiliency to me is 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 important and it's not something I've always known about myself. I mean, obviously you're very physically strong and capable, but you also, and I know this because we spent days crammed together in a teeny tiny boat, <laughs> have a mental toughness and a perseverance and like an internal strength that is just evident from spending time with you. And I think about you all the time when I'm like, be more like Jean. <laughs> like that's like, I want to channel oh. my inner Jean. Like that's the kind of mental strength that I want to take into the world. So it's something I really admire about you. I have to say ditto for you. You, you are such a Gosh. fierce force and I love it about you. I I loved our time together on that boat. And yeah, I mean, what an amazing group of women too. Like, holy smokes, just powerhouse women that I respect so much from all walks of life, all different parts of the world. Like, what an incredible experience to be with such fierce, fierce women. And in the last 60 seconds, do you have anything to share or promote? Just live life hard, move when you can move. You know, there are days that I can't move the days that I can move. Oh my gosh, do I move? I try to do as much as I can. You know, I embrace things like when I, when I'm walking with a cane, my cane has sparkles on it. Like it's filigreed and it's, it's got bedazzled handle and crystal and own it. Don't be ashamed of who you are and, and bring other people up and along the way. Thank you so much, Jean. I absolutely loved talking with you and recapping our ex-expedition trip, truly the trip of a lifetime. Now, I know you told me in a separate conversation that or that you're no longer who you were. And I got to tell you that no matter what, you are an absolute badass. And I am so honored to know you. Thank you so much, Jean. And thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode of What Am I Doing Here Anyway with me, Lindsay Turnbull. This is a podcast hosted by Misheard Media. You can find me online on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Misheard Media. 
And you can get bonus content with every episode when you sign up for the newsletter at bit.ly slash whatamidoingpod. That's bit.ly slash whatamidoingpod. Please take a second, if you have a second, to subscribe, rate, review, or share the podcast with someone you think might be interested. It makes all the difference in the world. Thanks again, and I will see you next time. Bye.